I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We've lost Alana. Guys, we got him. Sorry, sorry. I, I pressed, I was trying to get my emails off because they bleep. And I pressed the wrong one. There we go. Okay. Ready to go. Hello and welcome to this week's shit. I married a twin. I am joined by my current wife, Alana. <laughs> what? What's your name? Alana McFarlane Kempner. For now. For now. And <laughs> surely we're going to be joined by a very, very, very special set of twins uh, because we have got the very incredibly successful and, to be honest, quite hot twins, Tom and Rob Aitkins, on the podcast, haven't we? Yes, chefs, la chefs. Le Chefs, um, this this interview was brilliant. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I think I, rightly or wrongly, have quite a lot of preconceived biases with male twins because I don't really know that many. What do you mean um, biases? We don't trust them. No, no, no. Just that I had these preconceptions that they were really competitive and egotistical with, against each other, and they're really, really not. Um, yeah. Which is amazing. It, yeah, it's making me want to have twins next, really. Oh God, no! <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get, yeah, before we sort of get into their interview because it is brilliant, we'll have a little chat afterwards, a little bit of a, de- a brief. Um, but I did find them really, really fascinating. I was really excited by this because they they're both in a. I also feel like the world of cooking. And the world of the arts, which is what I'm in, Lim is the musical that swept the nation in its 39th revolutionary year, is that I, I think there is the artistic crossover. And I saw, I, I'm annoyed I didn't get into that with them because I wanted to show off I was in Lim is. But the sort of thing of like they create food, they create art, but then it just gets eaten. You know, but then I suppose I create art and then watch it. People forget about it. <laughs> uh, they don't forget about it. They think about um, it for many years. Yeah, no, I think it's really fascinating as well that they're obviously in the same industry but don't work together or have don't, you know, the majority of the time haven't worked together. I think, you know, that's a bit of an anomaly, I think. It's, it's very, very interesting. Um, I, I, I've i been watching that. I watched a bit of Twin Love, you know, the one that's hosted by the Garcia twins, like the yeah. reality show. Yeah, um, I spoke about it last week. 
Yeah, so it's like two sets. It's like ten sets of twins, and they both go into different houses. Or maybe it's twenty sets of twins. No, twenty. I don't know. They go into yeah. Give us houses. a run though, and I've not had a chance to. Well, I, I could only stomach about twenty. Oh, minutes really? Here. Yeah, because, because I, I think it's really fascinating. You have to watch it. You and Lisa have to watch it because I think you will find it even more interesting. But the trouble is for me of American TV shows is they repeat stuff all the time because they're so, they get so many adverts so and they play the same bit of VT where it's like I don't know if I'm going to trust my twin to go with the same guy and then it'd be like I think that guy's really hot and then it'd be like after the break and then they come back I don't know if I trust my twin with that guy I think it's really hot yeah, and they, it's again and again and I can't I find it really hard to and follow it's like golf. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we really covered last week like what do they do they win something or well, like, what's the objective of the whole win. thing? They probably, I think they do win. I think they win some money. Like, if they, if they partner with the other set of twins, like if they both partner with the same twin, they get cash. Like, what's no, the objective I don't think of that's the show? The aim, the, the aim is for them to both go and find. They're all twins that can't find love, or have said that, so they get on the TV show. Mm. Um, but they, and it, it's it's the the ultimate social social experiment. But what they do read out is lots of interesting twin facts, and we sort of touched on that with with the Aitkins brothers. Is that like that? I found that really interesting statistic is that twins often find love later in life because. I guess they're so used to having each other as partners. What do you yeah. make of that? Yeah, I think uh, obviously wasn't really the case for us, but it was at like high school and, and college and things like that. I think, you know, I was less interested in boys than maybe most Peter of Monteith. our peers. People on teeth, no, I did actually like him. But I think <laughs> there was a certain like scaredity, maybe. Um, and then it wasn't until obviously Lisa moved away that then I got my sort of first serious boyfriend because um, maybe and maybe there were, was that sort of yeah like looking for someone to um, fill the void fill the void yeah mm. it's worth a watch it's very interesting all the twins are incredibly beautiful um which is freak quite freaky as well but there's a lot of there's you'll just recognize a lot of the same creepiness that you and lisa have got i think Whoa! <laughs> you watch them. I do, do you know what <laughs> let's just get to the interview because we could have a little bit of a chat afterwards but it is the brilliant interview uh with rob and tom who are just fantastically successful brilliant twins let's have a listen alana this is very very exciting now we've had guests twins on the podcast in the last few weeks however this is a first right because fir firstly it is the first set of identical twin boys this is also exciting because they're not our close personal friends <laughs> um so it's very exciting. we might be by the end guys well the, we'll the see hope, how it goes. The hope is a to be friends and b to get invited to their restaurant um yeah. so basically we have got rob and tom akins now me and tom met very briefly on steph's pack lunch um mm -hmm. and then i heard them mentioning that you were a twin i started talking about you behind your back and someone said to me tom and rob would be brilliant on your podcast so so that's where we are so um tom uh, and and rob rob you 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 you're very busy at the moment december coming is it very busy uh busy busy time prepping Busy, busy time for everybody in the restaurant world, that's for sure. Christmas parties and, you know, they're all going going out drinking. You know, all that fun stuff that we're not able to do. We're just stuck yeah. in the kitchens cooking cooking anymore. But it's all good. Uh, what about you, Tom? Is it a particularly mad time at the moment? Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, I've had a, I've had a you know, quite a ding-dong over, over the last month uh, with various things. 
going on and happening and I you know travel quite a bit as well so I just came back from uh a week in Jakarta because I have a restaurant there oh amazing Scotland for a bit and then I had to film a bit of tv and yeah so it's been a bit crazy and I'm quite glad that I'm now back home in London and my restaurant you know for for the next month you know before Christmas holes I know this is um rich coming from me but you are very identical yeah Uh, are we really that, that, that's that's quite yeah. a lot other twin to say that well i know exactly Probably. um and i guess it's harder for guys because at least with girls i mean guys could do it as well but lisa and i have always made very sure over the years you know one of us has had short hair one of us had long hair we did our makeup very yeah. differently there was lots we could do there but i guess slightly different for you guys now when we have when we have our haircut it's we're very much alike or if we're both shaven, because Tom's shaven, I'm I'm a little scraggy looking. But if uh, if we're both sort of clean shaven, and clean haircuts, we do definitely look much more like. Tom's got the clean look today, and I've got the shaggy look. Yeah, <laughs> but that's good. We see the before and after. I love it. Um, so let's yeah. get straight into the twin stuff, Tom and Rob. So so Tom, what are your earliest memories of Rob? Earliest memories, well, uh, I would say that because I was the runt, I was the, I was the, so were you born, you were born second? Yeah, I was born second. Oh, I I sat on his face for nine months. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rob scoffed all the food, so I came out as a real sort of shriveled up looking, very ugly, uh, thing coming out like et i was in an incubator for a few months as well um and i had a apparently a 50 50 chance of of living no rob scoffed all the food i literally weighed uh no bigger than a bag of sugar um yeah so i was a scrawny little thing is that still the case now does robbie all the food or he does tom 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 tom's taking over he's now stopping me so he's uh, making up for lost time so Rob was, you know, and and I would say, you know, was there as a, as a good, as a good uh, brother, sort of looking after me as well, when I got into trouble when I was older. I was, I would generally pick on people that were bigger than me and got me into all sorts of trouble. So I <laughs> you said, know what? I, I think it's so savage about the incubator thing. Lisa and I were, I, I took all her white blood cells and then flew down the canal. Um, she's never mm. let me forget it. Uh, yeah. But. We were in separate incubators as well, and I think now twins are actually put in the same one, even if one of them, if only one of them is ill. And I think, what a shame, like, having the womb together all that time and then just being separated. No wonder we're all a bit fucked up. Yeah, I don't know what, my goodness. But, I mean, we had, you know, we had a lot, definitely had a lot of laughs and a lot of giggles, you know, growing up. We were, we were known as the terrible twins in our village. <laughs> really? Because I spread this quote, uh, Tom, that you said that you were little terrorists as kids. And like, so did you did you fight each other, or did you uh, did you sort of fight against the world? No, we didn't fight against each other. I mean, we probably had, you know, two or three major bust ups. Not even major bust ups, but arguments. Yeah. you know, since True. we were born. So, you know, we've always we've always been best buddies never really fallen out occasional arguments and fights but nothing you know mm. nothing right home about so yes yeah, so we you know we were a, a um a terrible duo when it came to sort of terrorizing neighbors and you know and people that lived in our village 
and I can, you know, we can we can share a few stories because they're, yes, they're pretty. Please do. It will make Lisa and I feel better about what we used to do. When we were. Young. <laughs> if you look at kids today, you know, between four, five, six, you know, they're pretty angelic and and not too bad. You know, by the age of six, we, you know, we had done sort of, you know, balaclavas um, and gone into our neighbor's garden at the <gasps> crack, crack of dawn with armed with scissors. <laughs> and we went to cut off all his tulip heads in his garden. Everyone. <gasps> so he woke up in the morning and just looking at my lovely flowers and literally <laughs> destroyed completely. No heads on them. Yeah. Rob, tell me, do you think that you were sort of the the main instigator or did you follow Tom? No, I think it was more, you know, we would we would always come up with like the wackiest, silliest ideas and, and it would always be, okay, Tom, what can you do? What can you do more? And, you know, I mean, it's just been from, you know, I remember, I don't, I don't remember it, but being told many times by, by our parents is us setting the couch on fire with matches we were playing with matches about three years old in the middle of the night and they came down and the the sofa was on fire that oh was just my another God. and we both we both we both had this since that age we both had this big fascination of of fire and burning things and, right? and well, it sort of came from our father because he loved to have big bulb fires and we had these laurel bushes which burned because they're full of sap they burn really well so we'd always have these huge bonfires, so it kind of rubbed and wrapped up on us. But then we went and broke into his garage, his shed, where he keeps the petrol for the lawnmowers. And then we started playing with petrol when oh. we're just, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're lucky think... we didn't like blow our hands off. Do you think it was you, there was this yeah. idea that you were absolutely invincible? And I think Lisa and I definitely had that as well. We're like, well, we get in trouble, we get in trouble together and we get sent to our rooms, we'll be yeah. together. So it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah we, it was kind of like that. Yeah, we kind of did lots of stupid things. And, you know, we never thought, A, we never thought that we'd get caught or we'd get into trouble, but we always did. Mm. Uh, another another one that we did when we were very young, must have been again, probably six, seven. We had um, we had at the bottom of our garden uh, a huge meadow. <clears throat> and when, we, yeah, I said when we were younger, they were then digging the motorway from London so the the, the M11 and the Air 11 went literally through this meadow and as boys you know you want to see the digger digging up all the earth making the motorway and it was fun for us to go and see and my father thought you know it's getting a bit dangerous this and whatever so he then built a huge fence at the bottom of the garden that he put up himself creosoted it planted conifers all the way along it took him best part of a month at least, and then uh, and then we were like, well, this isn't fair. We can't see the diggers anymore, so we just went to the garage, got a sledgehammer, got saws, and smashed a massive hole in the fence so we could go through into the meadow and watch the diggers again. <laughs> oh God, the greatest kid! I love it, you know, because like some people like say, oh, he yeah, was a terrorist as a kid. You actually were fucking terrorists. I'm actually going to make my mum listen to this because I think she thought she had a hard time with us, like going to the garage with some pants and our suitcases saying we were going to run away. And this is like next level. So once the road was completed and we had, you know, the apple tree, so we have an apple tree, apple tree at the end of the garden. And so Tom looks nervous. We decided, yeah, we decided that, you know, obviously looking back at it now, I was extremely stupid, but uh, we decided to take the rotten apples and then try to throw them at cars passing by, which is also very stupid. 
looking back at it. Uh, but anyway, the local Bobby, you know, back then, back in the day, they used to go around the local, the village on their, yeah, on yeah, their yeah. bicycle. Bicycle. So he was, you know, doing his daily rounds. And he saw us lobbing apples. And he shouted at us, wait. And so we scoffed. But he, he was insistent on catching it. So he ran up the embankment, right, with his bike on but, his shoulder up to the back of our garden. We darted through, through back into our garden, back to the house. We came running in the back door by the kitchen. We're like, you know, mum's in the in the kitchen cooking or whatever. We got this like terrified look on our face and what's going on? What are you up to? Nothing. 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 Sending out And then like two minutes later, there's this local Bobby huffing and puffing, red as a beetroot, like, Do you know what your boys have been doing? <laughs> Throwing apples. How dangerous is that? This is like a it's like Benny Hill. <laughs> like the two redhead twins running away. From the the Bobby on the beat with his bicycle on his back, yeah, and there's many, many, many more silly stories like that. So we we definitely had we had some fun at other people's expense. What about as you got older in in school and stuff? You know, because I've read before that you know before we'll, we'll get on to the sort of when you found your love of cooking and 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 cooking school but when you were at school did you yeah. were, there, were you still sort of keeping up pranks and keeping up mischief even as uh, team can i tell about the stink bomb okay this was a primary school and so we must have been i don't know nine ten and maybe younger i can't remember anyway we we'd written off i think it was on a cereal box or something there was this like there was different jokes and pranks you could buy and stuff and there was this this rubber chicken and then there was this snap you know there's little snap at things you throw on the ground yeah, and there yeah, was yeah. a stink stink bomb. It was like a, in a vial, in a glass vial. And I remember him. Anyway, so yeah, they smell so bad. Like know, egg, rotten eggs. And anyway, so I decided for all fun to bring it to school, and um, I decided to do empty some of out just outside of the uh, school, not in the in the school grounds, but in the in the in the play area, playground area just outside where the classes are, classrooms are. And anyway, it wafted into the entire school and they actually evacuated the school because the smell was so bad. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, You're basically all... like the original Weasley anyway, twins. I remember going into the headmaster's office and getting caned with you know, on the hands, on the palm of my hands with a cane. Yeah. How, did, how did other people view you? Because I know, like, most twins that we've spoken to, and it was certainly the case with Lisa and I, it was almost a bit like we were celebrities. Like, you know, we weren't short of people wanting to be friends with us, but we didn't we'd really care anyway because we had each other. How did you interact with other people? Or were you just like, we've got each other, we don't need to play with anyone else? We were exactly the same as you. You know, we had each other. We like, you know, don't need anyone else. You know, we're, we're each other's best friends. So, you know, and yes, you know, we had, we had, you know, some other friends, but we were very much, you know, thick as thick as thieves, the two of us. Um, so we hang out basically between the two of us all the time. And then they, you know, then they kind of clued up that we shouldn't put them in the same class. <laughs> you know, causing anarchy and chaos. That was the same as us. We got split up as well. But I think it was more yeah. to do with, yeah, I don't think it's because we were that badly behaved. But the only year at high school we were together was the first year after that they accept rates for the rest of the time yeah we're in separate yeah. classes because of the amount of trouble that we caused together <laughs> being class clowns at the back of this back of the class 
who could make the loudest noise or disrupt the class, you know, flooding the toilets, flooding the sinks. <laughs> God, you're literally yeah. like the the archetypal menaces. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lighting the other good one in the science classes was lighting the uh, Bunsen burners, but without the Bunsen burner, you just light the gas. What straight out of the little yeah, town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that a few times. So you're lucky you're not dead. But did you like you touched on earlier that you never argued? Have you, um, Tom? Have you ever worked together? Like sort of since you know, sort of in later in life, if you ever worked together in the same restaurant, we yeah. When we had um, when I had Tom's Kitchen, um, Rob, Rob and I were working together. <clears throat> and then, how was that? Was that always an easy relationship, the same as it was when you were at school? Yeah, no, I think you know there, it was you know it was easy. Uh, you know, we got we got along very well, and you know we 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 can we can also. I think work together simultaneously because um, you know we almost can read each other's mind in terms of like just yeah I mean as a twin you know how the other one is feeling you know with everything and you kind of have this sort of feel the force Luke of what the other one is sometimes thinking you know um, yeah. and whether in whether they're in a good mood or a happy mood or you know pissed off mood so it does help. You know, in terms of working together, the only the only downside I think for for Rob that he got rather annoyed with was that because again, you know, we're identical twins. Everyone always assumed that he was me and kept calling him Tom. Uh, hi Tom. Hi Tom. Hey, hi Tom. Hi Tom. Hi Tom. Hi Tom. Hi. Tom. <laughs> hi, Tom. <laughs> hi, hi. I would put that. I would just like because I'd been working in the US. I moved over to the US when I was just turned twenty one. And um, yeah, it was like, hi Tom, hi Tom, hi Tom, and I would generally go along with it because I just couldn't be bothered to explain. Yeah, it just yeah. like happened all the time. How was the time apart? Because obviously you'd had everything together, and then suddenly at quite a young age you're on other sides of the world. Was that quite hard, or did you just take it in your stride? Well, I I was very upset because I had, I had, uh, uh, you know, I think set my heart on us doing uh, a restaurant together. And this was, you know, still early on in our careers. And we, you know, we'd done our training at college, been there for two years. And even in that time when we were growing up, you know, we kind of always spoke about doing something together and wouldn't that be amazing, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, when Rob decided he wanted to go off, you know, to America, you know, I thought, okay, you know, we're going to come back and do something. And then I... I also then went to work in France, uh, you know, for a couple of years and I'd been there for about, I think four months or something, three months. And Rob came over with, uh, our mother and father and, you know, we're having lunch or dinner or whatever. And all, that, all I remember we were chatting about, you know, work and what was going on and, and him and me. And then, you know, he'd already, I think been over in America. Or, or had been in America for a, a little bit. And um, and he just basically said, you know, well, actually, you know, I'm going to be staying in America now. I don't think I'm going to be coming back. So so basically, you, you know, you're on, you're on your own, mate. And we're not going to do a restaurant together. And I think I instantly sort of burst into tears. So I think, or I was upset. I remember crying or something. Mm. So, yeah, so that was, you know, that was quite, you know, quite hard because I'd always... 
thought that we would do a restaurant together. Um, but that wasn't the case. So Rob then stayed in America, I think, for how long, Rob? 20 years? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I always remember it and I was, I felt very, very bad about it. But I knew, you know, like, I guess it was probably like the making of you both, though, having those separate careers and then. But did you know, did one of you know that you wanted to do, to go into that career first and then the other one sort of followed on? Or because I know like Lisa and I had very separate careers and now own a business together. It was was, was a decision we made. It was a decision we made together. We were both, just through both our parents. I mean, our mum was, you know, a very good home cook and, you know, we'd always have family over, a big Sunday roast and all that type of thing. And, just you know we we have a huge extended family of, of aunts and uncles and cousins and all of that so there'd always be someone coming over and mum would always be cooking or entertaining and we'd always very inquisitive from a, from a young age you know from just a few years old of like what she was doing and all these pots on the go and and obviously you know she liked baking and making desserts and we're always like sticking our fingers in in the bowls and things like that um and then our father had his own white business um, so we got exposed to, to France at a very young age, going on holiday. And then, you know, we got work to find Pablo France and picking grapes and through his connections and, and obviously being exposed to, to restaurants at a young age. Not that we really sort of appreciate back then of, of you know, French cuisine or steak feats and, you know, pizza and crudite. And, and that was sort of it at, at the young age. But um, we both had this. And we always talk about it this defining moment of like yes this is what i was gonna hope you're gonna boom, do about. boom it sort of hit us in the face and we and we we both remember it like it was yesterday of like oh my fucking god this is it this is what we want to do and we were both like you know dumbstruck of like this food is amazing so we we had been we had been skiing in the morning, we were, we're on on skiing holiday. I forget where we gone, but in the morning, and then we got in the car, and then to drive halfway back home, and we stopped off somewhere like I don't remember where. And anyway, we were we pulled into this hotel, and we see you know these guys greeting us, and they're wearing white tight. I, I can't remember exactly, but they look very fancy, fancily dressed. The hotel looks very fancy. They're wearing, I believe, white tuxedo jackets, bow ties or ties, and wearing gloves and everything. And generally, you know, our father doesn't really spend a lot of, I mean, you know, he's been very generous over the years and everything, but I mean, generally like staying in hotels, they're pretty, you know, they're just like, okay, never anything like super high end or fancy. Anyway, so we pull into this and we both look at each other like, fuck, I mean, is this the right hotel? Like, you know, we're greeted by these very smart and dressed waiters and everything and we get escorted to the hotel and. And anyway, uh, we go down for dinner, and um, what I think we were, how old are we, Tom? 11? 10? 10, 10, 11, yeah. We go down to dinner, and dad, dad does the spiel, his usual spiel of like, oh, les enfants, they don't eat, you know, they don't eat like crudite and steak, and that's it. And so that's pretty much order. You know, we had, uh, you know, a salad. So we had this beautiful uh, tomato salad with just, it was very straightforward, but just amazing flavors and just, you know, it was perfectly symmetrical on the plate, evenly sliced and everything and just beautifully presented and just it was seasoned with, you know, herbs, olive oils, beautiful salt, vinegar, and that was it. So very simple, but just beautiful flavors and just, you know, it looked beautiful on the plate. And then we had um, steak free. 
and we remember this like this most tenderest steak you've ever eaten in your life and just packed full of flavor and it was larded with beef fat and then we had these pom-pom nerfs so these perfectly symmetrically cut chips and they're all stacked up you know on the plate and we just like <laughs> and uh, you forever it was, more it was just amazed of like you know how could anything taste so good and um and then and you know dessert i think i can't remember told me it was ice cream or or creme brulee and, and anything but it was both just the whole meal was just like the best thing we'd ever eaten at that age and that was our sort of defining moment like okay this is it this is what we want to do and that's you know that's kind of what we did. Then on in, it was like, okay, we're going to go into cooking. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, I'm going to move slightly away from cooking now and, and ask you, Tom, sort of, you know, there's there's lots of research in with, with twins and statistics mm-hmm. that they find relationships a lot later in life because they've sort of got each other. Um, yeah. As Was that the same for you sort of growing up or did it, you know, did it happen more, you know, once Rob had moved away with relationships? Have you always been okay with each other's partners? Do you need each other's approval? That sort of thing. Uh, well, don't need <laughs> I definitely don't need approval, no. But uh, <laughs> I think think that, as you said, that we had um, definitely had each other for God, you know, the moment we were born until you know we both we both went away. Um, and I think because we were both, you know, very much focused on, you know, our careers first and foremost. Um, you know, it was, um, I would say it wasn't, you know, wasn't in my, I guess, even thought process of, you know, girlfriends at all, really. I was my, you know, workaholic. And I, I would say that the, the early part of my, my twenties, teenage years, you know, were, were a bit of a blur, to be honest, because it was definitely all work and no play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, and I had... I would say my, you know, the other the other reason why I would say that um, I became, you know, sort of spurned on to become a become a chef as well is another moment when we were training to become chefs, and this is also a reason, you know, coming from from being twins. So when we were as rob said explain the whole story about us becoming a chef when we were 11 
we or I, I can't remember which one of it was, but we called up the local college uh, in Norwich, you know, which we're close to. And, and I called them up and said, you know, interested in becoming chef. I was pretending to be 16, a school leaver. And I said, um, you know, I'm interested in becoming a chef. What qualifications do you need? What do we have to do? Da, da, da. And the guy on the end of the phone, teacher said, well, you don't need any exams. You just come for an interview, take a very basic, you know, entrance exam. And if we like you, we'll take you. And this was 1981 we're talking about. And I was like, what? So you don't need any exam? He said, no, 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 you just come for an entrance exam. Anyway, so that was also why we always just mess around at school because we then realized we didn't need a qualification. Mm -hmm. So our high school was just, you know, a wipeout. Anyway, we then went to uh, college and we'd we'd been there for about three months or something. And the teacher that um, had given me my uh, interview... Um, at college, he basically came up to me and said, um, you know, hi, Tom, just be careful, you know, I'm watching you. And I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. Um, you know, what do you mean? He says, well, the only reason that we took you on this course was because you're a twin and we don't want to separate you. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, wow, thanks. That's a nice, nice pep talk. Thanks for that. (laughs) And, uh, so as a cocky six-year-old, I turned around to him and said, well, you know what? I said, in 10 years' time, you know, you're going to know who I am and I'm going to be famous. Wow. Exactly, exactly what I said to him at 16. And as a 16-year-old, you think 10 years, you know, is a, is a huge years. amount of time. Huge. And so that gave me more of an impetus to, like, really work out, you know, where I wanted to go and work and who I was going to work with. So in my mind, I had 10 years, the solid graft to get somewhere and to and do did you Did you send them the pictures of your Michelin stars at, uh, at 26? <laughs> but basically, you know, he went and worked with the Rue brothers. I went and worked with lots of other, um, you know, Michelin star chefs in London. I then went to work in France, um, you know, for a couple of years with two three-star Michelin chefs, Gerard Boyer and Joel Robichon. I also worked with Pierre Kaufman. Um, in London, who was another three-star chef. So I had, you know, I had a pretty good CV at a very early age. And then one of the places that I worked in when I was 21, Pierre de Terre, I got a call when I was in France. Um, I was still 25. And he said, you know, Richard, the, the chef is leaving. Do you want to come and take over? Mm. Like, wow, okay, this is an opportunity because I'm, you know, I'm young. Do I do it? Do I not? Do I carry on in my career? You know, just still learning. And I thought, you know, fuck it, you know, I've got nothing to lose. It's a great opportunity, you know, yes. So I then went back to London, I was still 25, and I worked with Richard at his restaurant, Pierre which was uh which was two stars um, previously when it was a one star. And, you know, we got on okay. So I took over, and basically after about two weeks, all of the chefs left. Because everyone thought, you know, who is this kid? You know, he's mm-hmm. a, got a good CV, but, you know, he's probably going to lose two stars, um, if not definitely one. And so the timing was perfect because I literally came in just after the guy came out. So I had like a whole 10 months to prove myself, 
you know, knowing full well that Michelin were going to come in and inspect me, but at least I had 10 months to really sort of have a good go at it. And anyway, you know, all these going around, you know, what I was going to do, you know, two stars, one star, whatever, or no stars. And then when the guide came out, I actually kept, I kept the two stars. I kept yes. both. Um, so yes, so there was a lot of, a lot of press. So I was then the youngest two star in Europe or the world ever at that point. And, um, Yes, I then got all these clippings. I sent them to my teacher. <laughs> yes. And said, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we had this conversation in the corridor where you thought that I wasn't going to be make of anything. And I turned around and said, well, I'm going to be famous and you're going to know who I am. So it was literally, yeah, it was quite a, a you know, uh, a magical moment to say the least. Oh, um, I love that. So in terms of, you know, relationships, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had a, a few uh, that sort of went sideways. You know, I, I was, you know, being being married and divorced a couple of times, and you know, but in a, on a happy ground now. But you know, relationships, I guess, you know, it's very difficult in this business. You know, you've got to give it, you've got to give it your all. You know, it is tough, and I think definitely made a lot of, you know, silly errors as you do when you're much younger and less mature. Um, and you know, I think in terms of back then as well, you know, it was a lot, it was a lot tougher, you know, in terms of working in the kitchens and, and how you behaved. So, you know, I, I would say that I wasn't, you know, the best, the best behaved in any circumstances. <laughs> and Rob with, with you, you know, sort of, you know, you look at, um, Tom's, uh, uh, rise in that 10 years, you know, did you feel as twins, was there anything ever competitive with you both being in the same industry? No, I mean, I, I, I was, I was, I mean, I think we were both sort of like on different career paths and everything. And I was, you know, Thomas deserved everything that he's got because he's just worked so hard and worked for some, you know, I mean, back there for pretty obnoxious people, um, just in terms of like what he went through to get there and to get to where he is of like the hours that he put in and the sacrifices that he's made you know because he's definitely you know he definitely sacrificed a lot of his you know younger mm -hmm. years and and everything for to get where he is today and i have like tons of respect for that because i mean he's just he went through he went through so much of you know working for some people and just the hours but like you know i remember you know countless times of like him getting like one or two hours of sleep and then going back to work in the morning at like, you know, stupid early. This is when I was still before I'd moved out to the station where I was working with the Rue brothers and just what he went through, just, you know, and Tom didn't stop. And, you know, uh, I have a lot of admiration for what, what, what he went through, um, what he did, you know, it's, it, it was tough. It was tough. And, um, you know, I went off the States and, you know, he carried on in that career path and, I was so chuffed for him, so happy for him to get to get his two stars, and you know to prove to prove other people that said he couldn't, and he did it. Uh, um, you know, it was was a wonderful moment. Tom, you know, has been married a couple of times, and I definitely was not. I was not in any frame of mind to get married at pretty much at all. Uh, you know, or until later on in life. I was definitely a much later developer in terms of settling down and everything else. Um, I think just, you know, sort of through my own sort of family experience, I guess, of, you know, seeing my brothers go through it a couple of times, you know, my parents getting divorced and it was like, I don't need this. They said, 
you know, I don't need to get married to have a kid. I'm in, to have children. I wanted to have children, definitely. But I said to myself, like, I don't need to get married. It's like, but I did. I'm very happy now. I've got a couple of kids and everything else. So but I did that a lot later. I was in my 40s when I got married <laughs> compared to Tom when he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. It's funny, so, actually, because that's sort of the same thing happened to Lisa and I. Like, I met Luke really young when I was in my early 20s yeah. and my sister was Lucky the same, girl. like, uh, never want to get married, you know, didn't want to settle down. You know, she had, we called them re- recyclables, which was sort of various different boyfriends that she brought in <laughs> when she needed them. Um, and she was always like, I'm never going to get married. And she has recently done, you know, in, in our mid thirties, but it's just funny how I think you do have this thing of like, I actually don't need someone else because I've yeah. got my twin. We have a feature on this podcast called For Ketchup because I got a bread maker. I'm, I'm not a good cook at all. Um, like really, really, really bad. I've only really managed on the bread maker to get the plain white loaf nailed. Um, all you have to do, obviously, you'll know, is just shove it in and press go. But is there another kitchen appliance that I need in my life that would be better than a bread maker that is going to help my situation out? Uh, or me being the worst cook ever? It- Listen, there's many and it's all about, you know, convenience of time and saving time. And it depends for you how much, you know, how much do you want to cook? And do you, and basically, do you enjoy cooking or it's a chore? Yeah, cooking's definitely a chore. My sister's very good at cooking. She's got the patience. She loves it. Like, she's the type of person that, and you're good as well. Like, you you. know, likes the sort of creativity of it, as I'm sure you guys will definitely relate to. I'm like, no, no, give me the recipe. I'll follow it, gospel. No, you won't. You never follow a recipe, ever. You just add extra bits and go, oh, it tastes a bit funny. And I'm like, did you follow the recipe? (laughs) Well, it said this much and added a bit more. Added a bit more. No, so I, I think if it's a chore then I really wouldn't bother with that much cooking equipment, you know, because okay. if it's or just get a microwave. I was about to say. <laughs> buy, buy, Have you heard buy, a microwave? Buy sliced, buy sliced bread. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I have a question that I really wanted to ask you as soon as, as, soon as we, uh, we, we knew we were going to get you on. How do you know to pick a good restaurant now because obviously you guys have worked in some of the most incredible restaurants in the world i'm sure you've eaten at the most incredible restaurants in the world but sometimes you can't you know you, you're not with a load of people that can spend that amount of money like what is what what do you sort of think of when you're picking a good restaurant well i it depends on the occasion um you know i will i will definitely in 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 a 12 month period i will definitely go to maybe anywhere between like two to four amazing i'm talking like two or three star restaurants i will purposely book them make a point of going and this could be sort of thing we're just yeah just to go so i may get up you know at the crack of dawn 5 a.m fly somewhere in europe have lunch and come back love it and i've done this is a crazy. This is a crazy thing. I I did once as well when I was in um in my running sort of moment when I was doing lots of marathons and everything. Wasn't the best training, so I once um decided to go with my, with my with my wife to Noma in Copenhagen, have a boozy lunch, and then come back quite late that day and then get up super early and then run the London Marathon the next day. 
No, no, well, no, no. Not good preparation. No, I mean, I, I kind of struggled <laughs> the next day, but I still got round. But I think for me, you know, it's just an exciting, fun thing to do. Yes, it can be expensive. But as I said, I don't do that very often. Normally, myself, I cook a lot at home with the kids, with the family. Um, it's something that I love doing. And, you know, if I do go somewhere out to eat, it's got to be somewhere where I know that, you know, the kids are happy in in as well. So generally, most of the time now, I, you know, I'll I'll cook at home um, on the weekends. But otherwise, you know, I'm I'm at my place. You know, I'm at my restaurant in London. You know, every you know every day. And what about you, Rob? What's your sort of go-to factors? I mean, you know, when I was when I was in my younger younger years, I mean, I would generally you know living in, in New York, and you know, I mean, it's like. Every day there's a new restaurant opening up in New York City and and there's, you know, half a dozen closing. I mean, it's, it's that kind of, it's a little bit of a rat race, I think, in New York City because there's just like so many thousands of people going through New York City and, you know, moving in, moving out. And that's the same with the restaurants. So there's always, you know, new chefs going in, other chefs coming out. So there's always like new places to go and check out, see what, you know, what it's all about, new, you know, new, new cuisine, new flavors you know new ambience and as new york is very i would say definitely sort of a fickle city where it's like everybody wants to go to the new restaurant everybody wants to go and see who's going there and all that type of thing and it's fun you know i mean like you know i enjoy i definitely enjoyed you know my my sort of younger years of going out with friends and going to new places to eat and that type of thing but you know i mean that would always just you know you go you know read online, read, read reviews, you know, blogs, whatever. I mean, see, you know, hear about new chefs coming into New York and what have you. Um, I mean, now, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not so inclined. I'm not, you know, my spare time is, is definitely all about family and being, being with my wife and my kids. I mean, you know, my kids are younger than Tom's said I was a late developer. So <laughs> oh, they're already, they're already, they're already five and threes. So, um definitely if we go out it's all about practicality of, yeah. you know, what's we on can, the kids menu yeah we can relate to that rob we can relate you allow, to that do you allow kids in yes. yeah so yeah. you know and now it's all about that um you know being in a place where you can take the kids out they'll be happy if they're ha- happy we're happy <laughs> I, I guess our our technique of just looking at trip advisor is probably not the one is it when we go somewhere else no Um, no. i know Uh, fun fact actually i own a gut health company and david zilber from noma wrote the fermentation section of our book oh nice fun fact yeah didn't actually make it as noma myself but yeah there we are and fun fact i make a very good carbonara (laughs) don't i actually do you do senza panna senza panna it's all good it's all good like a nice carbonara oh um guys thank you so much for giving us your time we know you're super yeah. super busy it's been so interesting and it and it like, I, I do a lot of five live and and we end up sort of having like 10 minute interviews so it's been really great to have a, a 45 minute interview with you yeah um so thank you That's so much for telling us you those stories and um and good luck please keep in touch um Definitely. and you know I'll, I'll fly to new york at five in the morning to come to your restaurant yes please <laughs> bum, bum. there you go no. Thank you so much, guys. All the best. Brilliant. Have a good have a good Christmas period. 
And you too. Thanks, guys. Thanks okay. very much. Pleasure. All right. Bye. 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 Alana, how much did you love that? Yeah, loved it. I just actually find, obviously, like one of our, I'd say actually probably our favourite pastime to do as a couple is going out for dinner. So I find, yes. obviously, the twin stuff is is fascinating and like. I can't believe how naughty they were. Like, imagine being their parents. Oh my God, I couldn't cope with that. Um, but yeah, it was heartwarming just to see how much they supported each other when they were younger and also as they uh, they do now. I just think it's, uh, the twins are just have such an amazing support for each other. It just makes me want to cry. I'm slightly annoyed. I'm slightly pissed off. Why? Right? Because it's a brilliant interview. Um, but my aim was sort of to become pals of them and get invited yeah. to one of their many restaurants. Mm. Um, and I don't feel like I got across my brilliant personality. Mm. Um, I sort of feel like that I was sort of, I hoped I would become pals of them. Come on, Alana, we're always become pals of anyone we meet. And I don't feel like we got that. I don't feel like we could ever get any invite. And they've not even followed us on Instagram yet. This is a problem. <laughs> So I hope you're listening to this, boys, and realise that I am, I am great company. I am in Les Mis, okay? Uh, so Alana? he claims. No, I genuinely, the twin boy thing is just blowing my mind. It's fascinating. Do you know what? Another thing, though, Alana, is that every twins, or every set of twins that we've interviewed, and we've always got a question in it, it's like, do you argue? Because I know what you and Lisa are like. And, and then they're like, nah, we love each other, we sport each other, we <laughs> never really had a crossword. And then I'm like... Okay, maybe it's because Lisa and Alana work together. So I'm like, oh, you know, when you've worked together, do you argue? Yeah, we worked together and it was fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's not twin thing. It's just you and Lisa are lunatics. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah. I think we need to have a more of a cross section of twin society. Like, I think let's. I just make... think you need therapy. No, I think let's make a judgment call when we're at twin interview ten. I don't think Jed would have arguing. Do you? Oh my god, John, why are you thinking that one? I don't know, Edward. It's maybe we just think it this way. Yeah, okay. I went maybe we should get our friends on, Ashley and Lauren, from home. They argue a lot. Oh my god. I've, I don't know if I can handle them on a podcast. I mean, I love them dearly, but you two, you and Lisa are bad. Those two, that is carnage. <laughs> um, okay, well, look, um, have we got any positive pollies? I've got one. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah, go for it. You always ask the question and then go, I've got one. <laughs> uh, sorry, go on. Have you got one? Um, no, I want to hear yours. Brilliant. You haven't got one. Um, well, we've been playing the Traitors at Les Mis. Gen right? This is so, actually genius, by the way. I think right, So the TV really show, cool. The Traitors, uh, for listeners who haven't seen it, it's a bit like sort of... Uh, there's like who done it? Two, who done it? There's two traitors, and you have to work out. There's and everyone else is a faithful. And you have to work out who the traitors are, and you all sit round in a circle. And each night, one of the traitors they kill one of the other uh, the faithfuls, and then you sort of work, and you have to work. Out, oh, who did it? And everyone's lying, and it's brilliant. And we're doing it at work. They've really, really gone for it, and we all sit around in a circle 15 minutes before warm up, and it is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fun. Um, but so we did the first round table yesterday where we all sit around and discuss who we think the traitors are. And I was quite vocal because they were like, you've got five minutes. So I was like, right, well, come on then, let's start talking. And I said, a lot of people have been saying it's you, Katie. A lot of people are saying it's you, Adam. Why is it not you? And, and then that sort of got the ball rolling. And I sort of took charge, a bit of a chairman, uh, chairperson of the, of the meeting. But that meant 
that later that night, and I didn't get voted for because you you then all vote who you think is the traitor, and we did, I and mean, everyone voted for Hazel. It wasn't Hazel, but then, and later that night, I got killed. So the traitors immediately got rid of me. So should have posit- kept your mouth shut. I should have kept my mouth shut, and I know you've been wanting to say that for a while, but I. My positive poly is because I was really gutted that I got killed because I've been really enjoying playing the traitors for 48 hours. Um, but I'm going. I'm on holiday uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday this week, so I won't be on the show. I'm doing some other work and spending time with you. Um, but I won't be there at work anyway, so it's probably best that I got killed. That's what Polly said. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was quite good how they put like a big red lipstick cross on your dressing room mirror. They did. It's just such a, a cool idea. And the thing is, the reason, and the only way I found out, because I didn't go into my dressing room to see the Red Cross, I was in someone else's dressing room waiting to go on for another scene, and they and the video got posted in the traitors group, and I just watched. So Ellie, who's playing Claudia Winkleman, she then just went into my dressing room and drew the Red Cross on my. Uh, so I, I saw it all happen in front of my very eyes. Oh, gutted. Listen, learn, look, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. What about you? What's your positive, Polly, for this week? Um. Well. There's many actually because it's yeah. Black Friday week. Ugh. So you love Black Friday. Oh no, do you know <laughs> it what? It just happens all the time when I see that stuff that I want is reduced. It's like thank you, Polly. Thank you, Polly. Thank you, Polly. Thank you. It's never one day though, is it? Now, like Amazon, no. they do like Black Month. See, like, well, that's the same with Boots. Is seemingly Boots. I was googled this morning because I need quite a lot of stuff from Boots, and it was like, oh no, it's already started on the first of November. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've done a bit of a spending spree uh, yeah, yeah, in for Black Friday and, and poor Harry keeps seeing the parcels going, open it, open it. And I go, no, it's boring daddy stuff. Little does she know, there's a squishmallow in there. <laughs> so what's your positive, Polly? Paul, I mean, it's just that really. And then um, I have another award to do on Friday in Manchester. And Manchester's just a bit of a trek all around. But Polly says, um, A, we might win a Royal Television Society Award. You might. Which is will. fantastic. Um, and B, it's actually a really nice to go up and, you know, got a wee apartment to myself, wee night and, to myself, make a wee night of it. And? And um, Paul, also Polly said that it's we've timed really well because you're off the show, so we don't need to get a babysitter and all that. I, I won't be say. stressing. Yeah. Exactly. And I get to yeah. do bath time for Friday, yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. You have a brilliant time and you're going to win. And if you don't, don't come back. Um, <laughs> Losers! Losers! Um, guys, thank you so much uh, for listening uh, this week. If you enjoy the podcast, please do tell your friends and rate the pod. Follow the pod. Say what you like about it. Say what you dislike about it. I won't pay attention to the bits you dislike, but please do write a little review. Um, also, you can email us, shitimarriedatwin at gmail.com if you've got any interesting twin stories. Tell us about stories of twins at your school and any weirdness. Yeah, give us Naughtiness. A Naughtiness. Give us an email if you've watched Twin Love on Amazon Prime uh, and what your thoughts are. Um, and that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's it. So, should we say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.